you are about to explore the greatest place in your life. That's Great Adventure. Ride the giant Ferris wheel. Look around for miles and miles. See the other rides down below. A place to bring the family. A place where you can really let go. Great Adventure is off Active 7A New Jersey Turnpike. It's now open every day and every night from 10 to 10. So come any day, come any night. The greatest day in your life is here. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Music On with Music Off. 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 Adventure, man of adventure, conquering the world, conquering the world, the world of adventure. The world of adventure, the world of adventure, our journey begins in a world of adventure.
Alright, starting off the second episode of the new year with some doom from Rhode Island. That's a band called Pilgrim. Song's called Adventurer off the Misery Wizard LP. Came out in the year 2012. Top of the set, or beginning of the show, we heard from John Lurie and Tom Waits. From the show, Fishing with John, I hope you've gotten to see that. Six episodes, I believe, in total from 1991. We heard uh, John and Tom in a boat together singing a, a little ditty called The World of Adventure. So, hey, thanks for joining us on the start of this 293rd adventure of this internet radio program, which is now a podcast only for the remaining uh, seven episodes we got left. I'm your host, Brian Musikoff. This is the uh, decaying program called Music On with music. Oh, oh, oh. What's the big, big idea, idea, Brian? Well, now that we got uh, 2024 rolling, rolling slowly, let's uh, start rolling up to speed, or let's build momentum with an adventure. Let's do songs about adventure. Let's uh, get let's get into this adventure. Let's uh, start off this adventure with a song from a band from New York, New York, called Television. Wait, does this count as a Captain Obvious song? You know what? I think it does. Listeners of the show, yeah, this is definitely a Captain Obvious song. Captain, Captain Obvious. Obvious. Shoveled our faces, laughing like fish. Ready to flip the tap if we ever had that wish. You say, look how that ceiling is down. You said it five times with that beautiful frown.
I guess you could call. Uh, that's a band called Delta Sleep out of Brighton, Brighton, England. Not Brighton, not Brighton Beach. Brighton, England, still a beach town, but uh, over there in, uh, in England. Delta Sleep gave us a song called Camp Adventure 
off their Twin Galaxies LP. Came out in the year 2015, a uh, concept album. Go uh, hear it and uh, see if you can understand the story. I cannot, but there's a story in there, allegedly. I'm sure it's a good one. Uh, I need to revisit uh, Delta Sleep's Twin Galaxies album. But for today's purpose, Camp Adventure fits our uh, show about adventure, as does this song that we heard from Token Entry. Not a very hardcore song, but a uh, different-sounding song off their album called Weight of the World, where the New York City hardcore band experimented, took new chances. <laughs> maybe not the best maybe not the best decisions on some songs, but uh, I, I was with it in 1990 when the album came out. Song is called Brian and Tim's Excellent Adventure. Nope, not me, but it's definitely Tim, singer of Token Entry, and uh, I believe founder of Chunks, Chunksta Records, or he has something to do with it, or it was named after him. And uh, I guess his bud, Brian. But a uh, song we heard, like I said, is called Brian and Tim's Excellent Adventure from Token Entry. Other uh, post-New York hardcore preceding Token Entry, we heard Rival Schools, songs called Choose Your Adventure off the Pedals LP, the uh, band's second LP. Of course, that's Walter Schreifels from... Gorilla Biscuits, Quicksand, Youth of Today, uh, I'm not going to go on, uh, joined by, I believe, the bassist on this album, the bassist of Iceburn, and uh, the guitar player, God, whose name I forget, who used to be the uh, sound guy at Brownies, that's where I know him from, but, uh, oh, and Sammy, Sammy, you know Sammy, Sammy from Youth of Today on drums there. Song's called Choose Your Own Adventure, as I just said. I'm going in circles here. Off the album Pedals came out in the year 2011. Moving along, we heard the band called Be Your Own Pet from Nashville, Tennessee. Got Miss Jemina Pearl on vocals. Song's called Adventure. That's off their self-titled that came out in 2006. Wonderful poppy, uh, angular pop punk from them. We heard from Crime and the City Solution. The reformed crime in the city solution from the album of 1986 called Room of Lights. And if you thought that sounded like the band Birthday Party, who are also from Australia, then you are correct because this album or this lineup of crime in the city solution features members of the Birthday Party. But uh, when they moved over to England, the song we heard is called Adventure. We heard from songwriter and playwright Mr. Sonny Smith. Not the basketball player, Sonny Smith, the uh, musician uh, of San Francisco. Gave us a very uh, Ray Davies-sounding song called Adventures. And that's off the album, uh, the the god-awful title, that's an album called Rod for Your Love. Came out in the year 2017. And, uh, hey, Sonny Smith decided to name his album Rod of Your Love. and It's his choice, but... uh, we we reserve the right to make fun of that album title, and we shall. Top of the set, we heard the band Television. Song's called Adventure. That's the title track to the album of 1978, the band's sophomore release. Not a sophomore slump, but a, uh, a different sounding album from their uh, debut. Less um, aggressive, I guess you could say, more produced. And you know what? That makes perfect sense because the album was produced by John Jensen, a uh, 
major label bigwig producer who did, uh, I don't know, he recorded everybody, made him sound a nass for the radio. Uh, here on this radio program, it's not our goal to sound nice, but we're going to sound, we're going to give it a shot, and uh, let's have some fun as we play songs about adventure. Here's a, uh, a long one. The song itself is an adventure, as proven by the song's title, which is The Adventures of Grandmaster Flash on the Wheels of Steel. We're hearing the long version. You see, 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 one for the trouble, two for the time. Come on, girls, let's rock that. Five, five, Freddy told me everybody's side. DJ spinning, I said, my, my, Flash is back, Flash is back. He say one for the trouble, two for the time. Come on, girls, let's rock that.
Around your feet. Don't you give up, get on down in the gutter with it, study it and butter with it. Cause it may be a blessing in the sky. Solve the riddle, take the prize. Keep that spark up in your eyes. And when they ask you to why, there's a force and a source and it stays the course. It's in you, it's in me, it's in everything. Out to make you strong, baby boy. Excellent adventure Mountain high and valley low You're scared, you need and slip it up When's the child in full of war? Thursday morning, good to go You keep on following your nose Cause this is still an excellent adventure Excellent adventure 
Yeah, well, all right. You know who that is? That's Styx from 1975. Styx, uh, before I knew who Styx were. That's uh, a good a good Styx song, in my opinion. The song's called Born for Adventure off the Equinox LP. Like I said, 1975. And did you know that Styx is from, are from Chicago? How about that? We're from Kid Cudi. song's called Adventures off his uh, very... I guess adventurous or experimental LP called Speed and Bullet to Heaven came out in 2015. We heard from the late great Mr. Al Jarreau, uh, recent Al Jarreau, uh, considering his career as recent as 2009. We heard a single that was released as a new track for his best of compilation. Songs called Excellent Adventure. Good stuff from Al Jarreau there. Miss Mindy Ripperton also of Chicago, gave us a song called Adventures in Paradise. That's her title track from the album of 1975. Top of the set, we heard the long-playing 12-inch mix from Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. The song's called The Adventures of Grandmaster Flash and the Wheels of Steel. Lots of songs in there. I guess you'd call it like a, a proto-mixtape, if you will. 
1981, the year on that. And that concludes the bulk of episode number 293 of Musicalic Music Off here, dedicated to songs about adventure as we adventure on into a new year at the time of this recording. 2024 is just beginning. Still a little baby. To take us out, I'm going to do something a little different here for the program. We only have seven episodes left, so let's uh, let's experiment with this. Let's do something a little different. We're going to play a 50-minute spoken word from Henry Rollins. It gets good. It's called Adventures of an Asshole, recorded in Chicago in 1989 and then uh, later released in 1992 on his spoken word album called Human Butt. So uh, we'll let Mr. Rollins take it away. In the meantime, I would like to thank you by saying cheers for the ears. Here's Hank Rollins. Oh, this is a nice little place we're in tonight. This is all right. I've never been here before. I see you all have been busy with the spray paint. Yes. Anyway, I want to tell you, um, I, I've, been on the, I've been on the road kind of for uh, about every day this year except for six, eight, about two weeks this year I, I've been in one place. The rest of the year I've been on the road here and there. And I want to relay a few stories to you all. Um, well, it'll, it'll go under the heading, uh, The Adventures of an Asshole. And you, I'm not calling you an asshole. The, the, that, that name is directed at the man on the mic, me. So anyway, I was going to tell you some adventures of the great asshole, and maybe uh, you can get a laugh and, and get a piece of something for yourself. Um, in January, I spent the whole month in Australia. And uh, the band was there, we were rocking out, and I was doing some talking gigs on days off and everything. So a few days after we're there, we're uh, getting ready to go on tour, we've been practicing and stuff, and we're in the hotel room, this roach-ridden little tiny room, they had five of us crammed in, there's bugs everywhere, man, bugs in the bed, bugs in your toothpaste. The roaches, man, they love, it's great for them, it's, it's tropical, it's hot, there's all kinds of food rotting everywhere. For a bug, it's like the, you know, the bee's knees have bugged them. <laughs> So anyway, we're all hanging out in, Roach Ho- in the Roach Hotel, and we get the phone call from Tim, the promoter. And he goes, hey, got a photo session for you guys today. And we're like, oh, God, photo sessions, they suck. It's with Rolling Stone. Like, hey, fellas, photo session, Rolling Stone. And the guy's like, woo, wow, wow, woo, you know, you know, someone's picking up the TV and trying to throw it out the window. And, you know, rock and roll, spinal tap on tour. And, and uh, Tim hears all the bedlam in, in the background. He goes, well, hey, uh, before the TV, before the next TV goes out the window, tell the guys that it's only Rolling Stone, Australia. It's no big deal. I mean, no one's really going to see it. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like being in a big glossy fanzine. It's not much. And I said, hey, fellas, it's only Rolling Stone, Australia. It's kind of like being in Flipside. And I was like, <laughs> you know, kind of mellowed out. So we meet the guy, and we drive out to this long, grassy field that goes to this cliff, and the cliff just straight down to the Pacific Ocean, which is slamming up against the rocks. And uh, it's this big rocky floor, rocky mountainside, blue sky, sun setting, no clouds, green grass, and this cliff. And it's this beautiful scene, and there's no pollution out there. It's unbelievable. So we're all waiting around for cameraman to get his shit together. Me, being the oldest one of the bunch, of course I'm the least mature, so while they're all smoking cigarettes and pondering, you know, the, the shoreline and the sunset, I, I look for something to do, you know, and I see this big pile of rocks. 
over there standing in the grass. I go, all right, I'm going to throw some fucking rocks off the cliff and get down with some serious destruction right now. So I'm, I got these big old whooping rocks. I'm going, yeah, throwing rocks over. And, you know, they're going over and you can't see them hit the bottom because it's so far and they're like bashing into the rock wall and everything. So I go, fuck it. I'm going to get a big old rock, go over this side of the cliff where I can kind of see over. And I'm going to like throw it, this rock so far out that I'm going to watch it hit the ground and explode into a million pieces. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Yeah. So anyway, I get this big old like honking Conan rock. And I, you know, with a rebel yell, I, I, I run at this cliff. Like, ah! I throw the rock out and the rock goes out. And then it starts its descent towards the bottom. And it's going, I'm like leaning over and going, go, 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 you motherfucker, destroy, destroy. And it hits the ground like a minute later. It's just this long ass drop. And you can barely hear it coming. It goes, <laughs> a little, little thing of dust comes up, like when that bird runs off the cliff and the roadrunner, or the coyote runs off the cliff. And it, you know, it takes them like three commercials to hit the ground. And so this rock goes, you know, later, you know, I went and got a sandwich, came back so long. And, and then it explodes, I'm like, yeah, woo, destruction, ow, all right. And I thought it was great. I was like, yeah, that was hot. Okay, I thought, like I said, I thought it was great. The fisherman, <laughs> the fisherman who the rock landed about three feet away from, he didn't think it was cool at all. He thought it was several hundred degrees less cool than I did. He probably thought it was pretty damn cold of a human being to do that to another. And I look down and I see this man standing next to this little white spot where the rock is just pulverized this rock floor. And I go staggering back from the cliff in the knowledge that I nearly killed someone. I mean, think about it. Big rock on your head from fucking 10 floors up. What happens? Yes, it's gonna hurt. So, might even send you to the hospital or, you know, the morgue. Anyway, I, I stagger back from the going, Jesus Christ, I nearly fucking killed someone. What an asshole. And I go, you guys, you guys, I nearly killed someone. I nearly killed someone over there at that Conan rock I threw. It nearly hit a fisherman. I nearly hit a fisherman. Hey, I nearly killed someone. Hey, hey, over here. And, and I, one of them turns around and goes, oh, you're always nearly killing someone. Leave us alone. <laughs> they don't want anything to do with me. And so I, I go crawling back out to the cliff. I'm like shaking now. You know, it's kind of a heavy thing to nearly off someone with a big rock. And I look over and he's still looking up at me. You know, what, are you going to look out into the beautiful Pacific Ocean or are you going to look up in the direction of where the asshole nearly beamed you upside your head with a big rock? Of course, you're going to be a little wary if, you know, maybe round two is coming. And so I look down and he's looking up at me and so are about 20 of his fishermen friends. And they're all looking up at me. And they're all like, Ugh. And I'm thinking to myself, well, they're not thinking, ah, oh, well, that was a good shot. Let's go back to fishing. They're probably thinking, hey, it's Sunday afternoon. As a joke, let's go up there and kill the asshole, you know? So I go up to the photographer guy and go, hey, uh, this is a horrible day for photos. I mean, come on. I mean, not a cloud in the sky. The sun is setting perfectly on the beautiful Pacific Ocean. We should just get the fuck out of here. Maybe do, maybe do this photo session in a few weeks from now. Maybe in the Midwest. What do you think? And he goes, no, I think we should do the photo session now. I go, no, I don't think so. I think we should just get the fuck out of here now. And he, he wasn't into that. So we do the photo session now. And we're all lined up. And we're taking the photos. And 
I'm thinking, well, if this guy's wise, he'll get his motor drive together, because when the guys do come up and grab me and do the heave-ho off the edge with me, the guy will have a sequential of it, of me, like, flying off the cliff. You know, and maybe a sequential of me, like, hitting the ground and shattering me to a million bloody little parts. And so, I only have one Polaroid that the guy took, like, a test photo. I got that in my... In my uh, in my bag, but I never got to see any of the photos. And I'm just imagining what they look like. like four guys, like the rest of the guys in the band, all looking like, you know, cool, like, really? And the other guy, the asshole me, um, with, I don't know what the look is like, it's, I have 20 minutes to live, look, because I'm an asshole, I will die like an asshole dies. Yeah, okay, kind of like, maybe the, you could equate the look with being uh, 35 years old, sitting in a Denny's and just realizing you have shit your pants. Kind of like <laughs> Bad. So, I, I'm sure I have this incredibly shitty look on my face, which serves me right. So, I'm still here. That's why I'm with you tonight. Because the fishermen didn't come up and toss my stupid ass off the cliff like they should have done. So, I went back to the hotel that night. And I sat there, I unable to go out, I was really depressed, you know. And I know that sounds kind of wimpy. Oh, come on, I did go out and have a ton of beers? Come on, you know, kill someone? Pause, cause to celebrate. No, I, I felt really bad, actually. I sat there and went, God damn, man, you are such an asshole. Think about it, what if you're just fucking around with your friends and you do something and you nearly kill a guy just because you're doing stupid shit, you know, without a purpose, without a mind to do anything. So I, I go, okay, Rollins, what did you learn from that? <laughs> don't, don't throw shit. Uh, don't do stupid shit. Learn nothing. So I made myself a promise. Okay, how am I going to amend this? Alright, I'm going to be a totally cool guy for the rest of this tour. I'm going to be on the straight and narrow. I will be polite. I will not be violent. I will not be belligerent. I will not be aggressive. I will not be hostile. I will be a nice guy. To try and atone for the fact that I nearly killed a man with a rock. <laughs> so, night after night, we're rocking out all over Australia. And I don't, generalizing, you know, generalizing is stupid. I know that. We all know that. But I've never seen a crew of people, night for night, drink as much alcohol. I've never seen anything like this in my life. It's like a different species of human being. They have like a, another stomach sewn onto them or something. It, it's incredible. The intake, what these people can pound down. They buy like three beers at a time. And they're just drinking them and like throwing the cans behind them. And like every 10 minutes that you get hit with a shower of cans. It's kind of like the way you celebrate. Like, all right, baby! You get hit with these foster cans, which, which don't hurt too much. I mean, it's an empty can. It's kind of kind of freaks you out when you're singing or playing, and, and the things are flying at your head, you know. And sometimes the real motherfuckers stomp them flat, and they kind of throw them, and they're like hockey pucks. That, that shit hurts, you know. That can cut you open. So anyway, uh, beer cans are flying every night. Uh, a lot of drunk, drunk, big, big motherfuckers up front. And a lot of these guys, I guess it's the way they show you that they like you, the way they show you that they're happy that you flew 15 hours with all your equipment to hang out for a month on, on their beautiful part of, the, part of the world there. They take these big roundhouse swings at your head. <laughs> and this big old fist comes like about the speed of a B-52. 
<laughs> and it's easy to duck. You're like, okay, here comes the because the guy like starts back here, and it's it's no problem. You can see what line he's gonna take, and, and they they get kind of belligerent, like you know they they take your middle finger, which I guess means fuck you or something, and they stick it in your face. Like you can't see it if I hold it here, so if I press it against your eye, you'll know that I'm fucking with you. And I, I'm going, you know, and or they do this other thing where they just put your their fingers in your face, like. Their flicking their fingers in your face, and you're, you're trying to sing, but you don't. Getting your eye got gouged out for nothing doesn't seem like a fun thing. So you're kind of like dodging the eye, eye gouge, and just wondering if you, if the guy's going to get serious and like really poke you hard. And you're just trying to do a fucking gig. You're not trying to start World War Three or anything. So anyway, night after night, this little eruptions here and there. And I'm being a cool guy, like the guy swings at my head, I'm like, okay, you're drunk, I can understand that. You see, I nearly killed a guy on the rock, so I'm not going to hit you, even though you're being a total asshole to me, because I was an asshole somewhere else down the line, and I'm trying to make up for it, so I'm just going to be a cool guy and let you poke at me and swing at my head, no problem there. And like pounding on your feet, and it kind of hurts when you don't wear shoes. So anyway, one night in Adelaide, Australia, particularly gnarly little district of uh, Australia, we're rocking out, and I think we're doing a song, Baby Baby or something, or Ooh Baby, I don't know, all the songs have baby in it. Anyway, <laughs> and, um, this guy uh, reaches over and takes this big handful of my leg hair and holds onto it and then just goes... <laughs> I guess he wanted a souvenir to take home from the gig, because we, we didn't have any tour programs or, you know... Rollins fans hats or anything. So we just, he wanted some hair, you know, pasted on his wall. I don't know. Maybe he's working on a fur coat or a toothpaste. And the shit hurt. I mean, think about it. Yes, it hurts. So I go, no, no, I'm not going to react violently. I'm not going to be hostile. I'm not going to be aggressive. You see, I nearly killed a guy with a rock. So I'm going to be cool. I'm going to count to three. One, two, yeah, we're getting it together. Three, all right. I'm over it, fine. Yeah. Pow! Oh, sorry, sorry! This shot out had a leg spasm, goddammit. He's on the ground, kind of with, with his handful of my leg hair. His girlfriend, that, uh, I don't know, it, it looked vaguely female. I don't know, it's this, this dyed black thing in a leather jacket. She, I think, she, uh, Reaches over, and I don't know what was going through her, because I know that this woman thing saw the guy on the ground. So I don't know what was going through its mind. But anyway, the, the woman thing reaches over and grabs a big old handful of hair on the inside of my leg and goes, Hey, Roy. I'm like, ah! Okay, okay. I'm not going to kick a girl. I didn't even want to kick this guy. I threw a rock, remember? So, no problem. Don't even need to count to three. I'm just not gonna get into kicking some girl upside her head just because you wanted to pull my hair. No problem. Okay, let's sing another song. Uh, pow! <laughs> now they're both kind of like, <laughs> kind of getting up with both these handfuls of my hair. I'm like, hey, you're an asshole, so that you get what happens to an asshole. I know about being an asshole. I'm gonna kill the other one. So anyway, the nights go by, and we're in Melbourne now. And we're rocking out, first song of the whole set. 
I think we're doing some song, baby something. I don't know. Anyways, I'm there, baby, baby, baby. And I feel this tapping on my shoulder. And I figure someone's gotten on stage with me and they want to like sing along, but they don't know the words because it's a new song. And so, no, 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 it's all right. I'll handle the vocals on my own. Tap, tap, tap. No, I'm not even looking at this person. I'm going, leave me alone. I'm, I'm, I'm at work here. Tap, tap, tap. Five. It's like, this guy's not going to leave me alone. I just like, I go, what? And it was, it, it was incredible synchronicity. It was right in time for this, this beautiful 15-year-old girl's fist to hit me in my mouth. It was, I turned around. She must have already been in motion. It, was, it must have been like she was going to just hit me in the side of my head. I turned around and like kissed her fist. It was perfect. It was like, pow! Ah, shit! The crowd gives her a standing ovation. She goes like... Like this, and dies into the crowd. I'm like, ah, damn it, that shit hurt. I mean, it, it didn't kill me, but man, that that kind of st- straightens you up a little, kind of, oh, kind of like skin brace or something. <laughs> Try it next time you're a little tired, get get socked in the mouth, it just wakes you right up, like, huh? Oh, mm-hmm. So anyway, the rest of the set, the cans are flying, and, and there's this Indian guy in my face doing the finger in my mind. Like, yeah, I get that he doesn't like me very much. And so he takes his finger away. I'm like, all right, he's gotten tired of the finger thing. Now we can just get on with some baby, baby rock and roll here. And now, so he takes his finger away, but he substitutes it with this really great little upward shot. He had kind of like this little rabbit punch in my mouth. So it's like, hey, look, you made it. And he did it three times through the set, like kind of standing back up again, you know. And after the set, he goes, hey, I want to have a word with you. I go, wait a minute. I don't want to talk to you. I don't like you. You're punching me out for the whole set, and you want me to hang out with you? Forget it. Go away before I get aggressive, hostile. Don't make me be an asshole. I already did it once on this island, and I didn't like the way it made me feel. So go away. So the next night... The last night I can possibly do any dumb stuff that an asshole would do. This is the adventures of an asshole. So we're in Geelong, Australia, rocking out. Baby, baby, baby. Another set. There's a guy standing in front of me with a can of beer. No problem. A lot of people in Australia stand around all day with a can of beer. No big deal there. So he takes a swig of the beer, and unlike many people who drink beer, he has a whole new thing he's doing with his beer. Instead of taking the beer into his mouth, perhaps savoring the frothy brew and swallowing it. He just puts it in his mouth and just goes <laughs> all over me. And the first time he does it, I was kind of hot, you know? And he just spits all over me and I'm like, huh, damn, you know, it's cold. It's kind of, you know, like eating a, a peppermint patty or something. <laughs> and, 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 and I was like, ah, huh, okay. That was cool, I was hot, I needed to cool off, thanks. I appreciate it, if you never did that again, that, that's fine. And so, a few minutes later, mouthful number two, <laughs> all over me, I'm like, okay. He doesn't know this, but I'm getting to like him less and less. <laughs> the Christmas card I was going to send him, forget it, it's now out of the picture. The third mouthful comes, and the song ends. I go, can I, can I have a word with you? Come here. Um, this thing that you're doing, this the beer spitting thing on old Rollins, I got this, this is going to sound really weird to you, this is a wild idea, why don't you just fucking cut this shit, okay? I get that you like to spit beer, why don't you just keep the beer in your mouth, I can't absorb any of the beer through my skin, I appreciate you trying to get me off, I, as, as a joke, why don't you just keep the rest of the beer for yourself and just leave me alone so I can just kick the set, okay? And he kind of just went like, <laughs> and so anyway, 
Next song starts, mouthful number four. I'm like, okay, I've had enough of this guy. And then this funny thing happened. It's really weird. I had this spasm in my left arm. I don't know what happened. My arm shot out. And it's a weird coincidence. His mouth was there. And um, all of a sudden, he's on the ground. And his friends dragged him away. He was out, down for the count. And I, you know, I go, oh, well, another Saturday night, another asshole. I'm big deal. So we keep on rocking out. And I got all this blood coming out of this big hole in my hand. I go, ah, yeah, probably. Probably knocked into his teeth. Big deal. So rocking out. And the crowd parts like the Red Sea. And, and up comes my buddy. And his mouth, you know, face covered with blood. Shirt covered with blood. And he goes, And I guess that means, look what you did to my mouth. And he pulls his upper lip back. And my goodness, all four of his front teeth were gone. Like, oh no. I didn't feel all that bad about taking the guy's teeth out. I mean, hey, you know, you fuck around, you lose your teeth. I mean, people, people lose their heads in barrooms, you know, no problem there. So, and I kind of got a little uncomfortable because I was thinking, oh, well, the last time I, mess, I got messed around with on stage was in Stuttgart, Germany, a few months before. We were rocking out. Dude, I think we're doing this song, Baby, Baby, something like that. Anyway, we're rocking out. I open my eyes, and I look into the crowd. There's all these people laughing. They're like, ah, ah. I'm like, what? My pants falling down? Is, is the, the small truth known? You know? And, and I go, no, no, they're still here. Well, what's, what's so funny? And I look right behind me, and there's Andrew, the bass player, just like playing, like, ah, laughing the whole time he's rocking out. I'm like, he's laughing too. And I'm taking it personally. And, and I look over towards the other side of the stage, and there is this man, nude, except for his socks. And he's kind of doing this kind of hippie dance, so it's kind of like, ah! you know, and his clothes are all over the stage, except for his light blue socks, which are on his feet, and he's doing this, like, freeform, hippie dippy do thing, and I thought the guy was pretty cool, you know, he's dancing and laughing and nude, and he wasn't hurting anybody, so I said, you know, dance on, I'll take this corner of the stage, you can have the rest of your day, you know, you know, and so anyway, I open my eye, go back to the song, go, baby, 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 and we're coming up to the big Chris said, no, baby, baby, baby. And I open my eyes, and he's like right in my face. I'm kind of like, ah. And he takes his hand, and he sticks it down my pants, and he kind of cuffs my balls. And hey, it felt okay, you know? I mean, he wasn't like hurting me or nothing. It felt all right, you know? A little rough, you know? That's not the kind of thing I really want to get into with some guy on stage, you know, in, in such very in such non-intimate uh, circumstances, you know. So I uh, had an arm spasm and I just kind of forearmed him and he kind of backed away and started bleeding all over my beautiful clean stage. And I'm going, hey, hey, what are you doing? Come on, get a napkin for this guy. He's bleeding all over my stage. And finally, this marine came and dragged him off stage, and I, I took some uh, some of those. Uh, flyers they had those like weekly events things and I was mopping up the blood and the whole crowd took like an entire step back they all of a sudden weren't all that into us anymore you know and after the show there's like eight cops sitting there you know by the dressing room I'm like yeah, I wonder who I wonder what guy in the band they want to talk to you are the man who hit the man uh yeah why did you hit the man because he's grabbing my cock officer and the officer got really uptight uh, uh, hmm. uh, why was he grabbing your cock? And they're, they're really have time to say the word cock. So, why, why did he grab your cock? Um, I said, I don't know, why don't 
to ask him? Well, we cannot ask him anything right now. He is in the hospital. Oh, shit, in the hospital. Uh, yeah, what happened? Well, you uh, took out one of his teeth, uh, broke his nose, and put eight stitches in his eye. Oh, so I guess you want to kind of arrest me. Uh, yeah, that's the scenario. Let's go. And so they arrested me, and I eventually wriggled out of it, you know. But anyway... Now here we are in Australia, and here's the guy's gaping face and my bloody mouth fist. And I go, okay, well, here we go. Now the Australian police are going to come in, take me away, handcuff me, throw me in a mud hole in the outback with an Aborigine guy, and we're going to sit for like 35 years playing patty cake and like taking balls of our feces and playing catch with them. I'll be in there for 35 years. I'll never see my mom again. I mean, imagine never getting to drop kick your mom down a flight of stairs again. The heartbreak, the agony. So I said, that's it. I'm fucked. I'm going to get busted, you know? And so at that moment, this thing flies through the air and lands on stage. And Chris, the ever-observed guitar player, picks up the thing and he goes, hey, look. And I look and it's front teeth. This guy's teeth. And I go, wowee, look at that. What do you know? And they're fake teeth. They're dentures. And I go, oh, I don't feel so bad. Now I knocked out his fake teeth. He probably lost his real teeth a few months ago when the last band came through. <laughs> and then I was thinking, maybe this guy is like some kind of performance artist. <laughs> yeah, maybe he, that's his gig. Maybe he collects bloody mouths. Maybe he's got all these pictures of himself on the wall. Like him with Lori Anderson and uh, no teeth. And they're both uh, pointing at his mouth. Him and um, uh, uh, LL Cool J. They're pointing at his mouth. Um, him and Miriam Makiba. Um, uh, him and Diamanda Gallus. Her extracting her fist from his mouth. I mean, maybe this guy is some kind of wild performance artist. Maybe at the end I'm going to have to do a video ID with the guy. Maybe the guy has a three-inch CD single out with his mouth. I don't know. I never met the guy. I didn't get a chance to really investigate. So luckily, I never saw him again. He just fucked off. And at the end of the show, the sound man says, Hey, you know, I got a lot of fake teeth, and I kind of know what you did to that guy. You put about $2,000 worth of damage into his mouth. Man, it's just expensive. And, you know... Almost everyone here, probably in this town, fuck, everyone in here has gotten in a, in a brawl or ten. There's two sides of a brawl. There's the winner and the loser. The ass whooper and the ass whoopee. Whoopee! You know? And the one who has had his or her ass whooped, what happens? You become very philosophical about the whole thing. You know, hum. And when you are the ass whooper, you get all macho and shit. Even if you're a woman, you're like, come on. Ha-ha! You know, but if you're a guy, you, you, you laugh. Ha-ha! But it's not like ha-ha, it's H-A-W-H-A-W. Ha-ha! And you have this overwhelming hunger for beef jerky and Michelob, and you, you crave Marlboro, and, and you, your mind burns for a Sports Illustrated, and slapping other men on the buttocks, and laughing hearty men labs, and, and brute cologne, and the smell of leather, and picking up heavy objects and putting them back down again, and grunting and laughing, ha-ha, like a man. And laughs oh, oh, after you, you know, kick someone's motherfucking ass. So I was kind of feeling like that. Last show of the whole tour, leaving in a day and a half back to America. Ha oh, ha, got some front teeth, ass whooping in Australia. Fuck with me, will you? $2,000. Ha oh, ha, you know. It's 
like, like, like an asshole would. So anyway, I'm just kind of reveling in my asshole gig. And the next day I wake up, and uh, I got this big old hole in my hand, and the, it's dribbling this juice, and it really hurts. I'm like, okay, broken knuckle, cut hand, big deal. Ah, ah. Next day, we're leaving. I'm now in a great deal of pain. I've gone out, I've gone out and like, bought you know, drugs, pharmaceutical, like big aspirins to, to take care of the pain. Wake up at 6 a.m. the day we leave in pain. My hand feels like it is stuck in a cauldron of boiling fat. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit, man, I'm in, I'm in bad-ass shape. And the juice is coming out, and it's starting to turn purplish. I'm like, oh, fuck, man, this is bad. So we get on the plane, 15-hour drive home. And I'm kind of in my seat just going, oh, god damn, man, this is bad. And, like, everyone in the band is, like, cruising by, you know. Hey, Hank, how's your hand? I'm like, ah, it's fine. Ha, it hurts. Hurts like hell. Ha, ha. And, you know, as soon as they pass by, I'm like, ha, ha. The stewardess lady's giving me all these free aspirin. Every time she gives me some, I'm like, let, let me look at your hand. And she's doing that kind of scolding thing, like, like oh, you naughty boy, which only makes you, like, ha, ha, even more. You know, like, Sit on my lap, lady. Let me tell you a rock and roll story. You know, I have to go, you animal. I'll be right back. Ha <laughs> ha. That's all I am, an animal. <laughs> you know, this turns you into a human. You know, some woman getting you going. This turns you into a more mammoth asshole. So, I get out of the airplane in a lot of pain, and get the, get back to the house. Drop my luggage, and as a as a gesture, I figure, hey, I'll go over to the hospital. And I'll check in, get a little penicillin, show off my war wound, and then I'll get back to the house, have a little beef jerky. And some, you know, ha ha ha, and think about, think about Sergeant Rock or something, I don't know. So anyway, I go to the hospital, and I go, all right, and I'm waiting for like two hours, and you know, finally, you know, they clear away all these dying old people, and they go, okay, wise guy, you, come on up. And the guy looks at my hand and goes, god damn, what did you do, punch someone in the mouth? Like, yeah. In Australia, though. It's in Australia now, I punched. Ah, I just came back from there. So, damn. Ah, so you're not. Yeah. World traveler I am. Founder of adventure, you know. Hang on, yeah, you're really funny. Uh, and at this point, the hand is smelling like someone's socks. It's like starting to stink. And there's this little red line kind of going up my hand. And it looks like it's going to explode, man. I have like these, you know, bratwurst for fingers. <laughs> and he goes, okay, uh, can you sign a release form? I'm like, release form? Well, release me from what? And he goes, well, we want to operate as soon as we can. I go, operate? Come on, a little bit of penicillin in the butt, I'll be on my way. And he goes, no, well, look, you do what you want, okay? Uh, here's your deal. Um, either we operate now, we try and save your middle finger, or you can come back in a couple of days when you're blind from pain and uh, your hand explodes, and we'll just lock your hand off at the wrist. I mean, it's up to you. He's like a wise guy. I'm like, let me think about that. Is <laughs> either trying to save the finger or just cut the hand off? Well, okay, that thing you were saying about saving the finger, that's, that's the one I'll go for, doctor. That, that's the door I pick. So hours later, you know, I'm now in a nightie, you know. And I, I change into the nightie. The nurse kind of gives me the nightie, expecting, I, I guess, I, I just, she goes, here, change into this. And I figure she sees nude men all the time, and I don't feel all that uptight about getting naked in front of a girl. I go, okay. And I take off my pants, and I have no underwear on. And the woman freaks out. It's like I took my pants off in front of, like, a, a, an eight-year-old you know, girl at a Catholic school or something. I dropped my pants. I'm like, here, give me the thing. She's like, oh my God. She turns around, here, 
please put this on. Like, all of a sudden, I'm like biologically unclean. And he's like, at arm's length with this thing, like, I, like I'm the alien or something. I'm going, God, man, it's just a dick. You know? Here, okay, I put the nightie on, my butt's hanging out. You really can't get those things tied up. Anyway. And like, they throw me in this bed, and I, and I look, there's a guy next to me with all these cut off fingers and all these jail tattoos. I'm like, Fuck, man, I'm in some heavy company. And he's got this ID thing in his hand. I go, oh, man, I'm glad I'm not hooked up to one of those, man. I'd be in sad shape if I got hooked up to an ID. Okay, sir, uh, let's get your ID in. I'm like, oh, fuck. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm in hell. I'm in hospital hell. So this woman is like trying to stick this needle in my hand. She keeps missing the vein. She's grinding around, injecting my hand full of air. I'm like, ah! Get away from me! She goes, oh, I'll get someone else. I'm like, oh, God. Sends in this beautiful Filipino woman. She sticks a needle right in, and she's wonderful. Anyway, hours later, they crack my hand open. Next day, I wake up in the hospital. Big boxing glove on my hand. And I go, okay, God damn it, I'm in hell. Doctor comes in. Hey, how are you doing, wise guy? He's really funny. Hey, how's that, punk rock? And he cuts off my bandage. He goes, ah, look away, this is going to hurt. I'm like, excuse me? He goes, ah, never mind. I'm like, ah, shit. I look down, there's this big divot in my hand. Like, there's this, like, wedge of meat gone. Surgically, perfectly clean removal of hand. I'm like, fuck, man, what'd you do to me? He's like, we took out all the parts of you that were rotting. Okay, is that all right with you? I'm like, yeah, okay, shit. He goes, well, have a nice day. See you tomorrow at 10. I'll be in to check up on you. Nurse, wrap this guy up. And so I'm, at, I'm, I'm in bed getting wrapped up with my IV buddy and my, my hand and, and my nightie. And so he comes in the next day and goes, well, buddy, how you doing, wise guy? I'm like, oh, okay, ha-ha, I'll stay. <laughs> I got this guy's teeth and you don't want to see him. Okay. He goes, all right, uh, you better sign out your meal ticket for the rest of the week, uh, what you want for food. I'm like, the rest of the week? I'm not going home this afternoon. I'm not going home in 10 minutes. He goes, no, you'll be here about another 7 to 10 days. Fuck, 7 to 10 days? you got to be kidding. i, I got to do all this work. i got to go back out on tour in 9 days from right now. i got to, fuck, i got to do shit. i just been in Australia for 4 weeks. i got to do a ton of work, man. i got this mail i got to answer. I, you, you got to let me go. I'm fine. i got bills to pay. i got bills to pay. i got people to kill. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, there's so many cops out there. I'm, here's, I'm here with my gun. I can't kill any from here. Come on. And, and so he goes, well, you know, you better cool your ass out. Get your girlfriend or your mom or whoever you know around here to bring you some, some, something to read. You're going to be here a while, pal. Well, see you later. Aha. Uh -huh. And he leaves. And I'm like, seven to ten days. Fuck. And then, the, needless to say, the depression set in. So the days are going by. I'm sitting in this bed languishing away. I stopped eating. I got too depressed to eat. Sun comes up. Sun goes down. I'm watching TV. I'm getting concerned with soap operas. I mean, I'm, just, I'm just getting more pathetic as it goes. I can't write because it's my left hand. You know, I'm just like sitting there going, I can't do anything except sit here and stink. So I finally got them to let me off the Demerol. So now I'm just on Tylenol with codeine. I'm like, can you get the codeine away from me? I'm not into drugs. So they go, okay, well, how about this Tylenol? I'm like, fine, anything. Just no more la-la land, you know? Because I'm spending like two days at a time just like, ah, Henry, how are you today? I'm a wizard of seven swords and I'm crossing rooftops and I'm seeing many colors and Oh my god, you're a dragon. I mean, like, yeah, you're, not, you're on drugs. <laughs> so, I didn't want any more of that. That was interesting for about 20 minutes. Anyway, 
So now, day five or something, I have not bathed in all this time. Even taking a piss is a pain in the ass. I've got to drag the IV, buddy, and I'm all weak from sitting in a bed. You know, you all have been in hospitals. You just kind of waste out. You, know, you can't even stand up. So anyway, go, just taking a piss is a pain. I'm like, oh, God, man. I wake up. I'm, I'm stinking, man. I'm like, you know, butt sweat. I'm unshaven. I'm like just in this hot hospital. I'm like sweating, you know. I'm like, the suntan's peeling off. I got all this dead skin. I'm just like, fuck, man. I stink. I stink so bad. It doesn't even smell like me anymore. It just smells like, like the shit rotting, you know. I go, fuck. I gotta get a fucking shower, you know. And this, this thing has food stains all over it. Like butt stains. And it's just like, bah. So anyway... It's time to shower. So I go, okay, this is it. It's taking me all day to do this because I'm so weak, but this is it. This is the conquest. Ha ha. So I grab, the, grab the, the IV buddy and I go staggering into the bathroom and shut the door behind me. Tiny bathroom. My butt is against the door. Here's the toilet. Here's the wall. Here's the wall. I got the IV buddy kind of crammed in against the toilet and the wall. I got the boxing glove here. I kind of throw the night to the side and take the piss. I go, okay, now it's shower time. How the fuck do I do this? Because you can't go anywhere because the cord, you know? So I'm like, okay, uh, uh, how am I going to do this? I can get the IV buddy around here. And, you know, this hand's useless, so I'm just kind of negotiating all this shit, trying not to get the, let the nighty go into the toilet. Because you bend over, the nighty goes into the toilet. I'm like, ah, damn it! And, like, now your legs are kind of wet from toilet water. <laughs> so anyway, I'm standing there, you know, kind of stinking up the room, thinking, what's my next move? And I was just kind of remembering all my little bathroom chores. Like, what are you, fellas? What do you do in the bathroom all the time? Right. And what haven't I done in like six days? Right. Haven't jerked off in like six days. So I'm like, whoa. You know? And all of a sudden it occurs to me, hey, sex. All right. And, you know, getting a hard on, no problem. Bing. It takes like, you know, four drops of blood. Bing. I'm hard. And I'm okay. Uh, how am I going to do this? Okay, I'll, I'll put the nightie over my shoulder, lock it in with my chin, so there won't be, uh, you know, we're going to the toilet. Okay, take my hand. Oh, shit. Boxing glove. Ooh, ooh. Okay, okay. And all of a sudden, it hit me. The reason why I had a right hand. All these years, this thing has been on, on, just slapping around on, on the side, and I, and I never knew what it was for. It was a thing to get tattoos on. But now I know. Now I know. It's a thing I can jerk off with when the left hand is out of work. So I go, all right, see, by the hand. So I look around for the soap. Uh, the soap is in the other room. Well, I can't, I'm not going to go back in there and get the soap. Fuck it. I'm just going to do, you know, the, 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 uh, the Marlboro Man thing, you know. And, uh, I hope I'm not bumming anyone out, but you guys know sometimes you gotta resort to, you gotta be goddamn animalistic about it. So, uh, and I go, okay, I have the heart on, I'm kinda locked in, I, and the IV buddy's kinda falling, I'm like, oh shit, I'm gonna lift the IV buddy up, and I go for the initial downstroke. Like, ah, damn it, the needle in my hand, shit. And it's that really gross kind of like puncture pain. Like that, that pain, like when you get the, the tetanus shot, it's like that evil kind of pain, like the deep puncture wound. I'm like, oh, oh man, that was positively cancerous. That was fucking gross. So I go, okay, okay, I have to find a way to kind of get the hand on the dick and not make the needle move. So I'm like trying all these techniques, the overhand that you guys sometimes use, the, the, the underhand, the, the kind of side thing, uh, the uh, finger combination. I, I'm doing all this thing uh, uh, eagerly, uh, earnestly, uh, uh, passionately, desperately wanting to get off, you know? So I'm going, ah, oh, damn, ah, 
pleasure, the pain. Ah, 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 ah. And I get like a couple of good strokes. I'm like, ah, ooh, ah, ah. Bam, ah, damn it. I knocked the boxing glove into the wall. Damn it, pain, ah, ah. Lose 30% of the heart. Ah, damn it. The IV buddy keeps like sliding towards the door, like threatening to collapse. I'm like, ah. Kind of doing this thing and the needle's kind of hurting. I'm like, ah, oh, damn it, ah, oh, this hurts. And like, you know, my butt is hitting the door and like the box is like hitting the wall. The ID buddy is scraping and the, the toilet, the toilet is, is trying to suck my nightie down. I'm like, ah, ah, ah. And I'm just jerking away, jerking away, kind of doing this, this needle thing. And, and I realize that nothing is happening. My hand is going up and down the dick, but nothing is happening. I have the, the mindset, I'm thinking, you know, like, new woman, new woman. <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever it was getting me off that week. I, I changed it week to week. Uh, that week it was women. And uh, so the, the heart on is intact. I'm kind of doing this, I'm, and like, I'm, I'm like treading water. I'm, I'm like running in, in, in place. I'm like, what, what is the matter? Why aren't I getting off? And then I figured it out. Why aren't I getting off? You guys, the same hand you write with, the same hand you jerk off with, the same hand you shoot cops with. What if, and, and what if you had to write with your opposite hand one day? You can kind of do it. I mean, try. You can kind of do it, but it kind of looks kind of crooked and bad. Try jerking off with a hand that has never jerked off your dick before. I mean, like, unless you, you give hand jobs a lot, I mean, you're, you kind of know what to do, but you really don't. I mean, you get a technique after, you know, 30 years of it, like four times a day. I mean, you get good at it. I mean, it's not much to it, but you get kind of good at it. And all of a sudden, you can't perform this function. I'm going, what is the matter with me? Damn it. And, and, and thinking about it later, what did it feel like? It felt like getting a hand job from some old man. Imagine that. There you go, Sonny. Is that good for you? Does that feel good for you? I hope you're enjoying this. I like doing it for you. Are you gonna shoot soon? I mean, oh God. I'm getting a hand job from some alien and the worst part of it is me. And so, finally, I, I managed to mental myself right through that, that that thing. I'm like, okay, fuck it, I'm going for it. Ah, 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 the needle's hurting in the IV, buddy's threatening to fall over. I keep knocking it back up. My butt is slamming against the door, leaving little bloody, uh, I mean, little sweaty uh, bun prints against the wooden door. And I keep hitting the boxing glove against the wall. I'm like, ah, damn it. Clunk, clunk. Ah, damn it. Ah, you know, ah, 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 knock, knock, knock. Sir? Are you okay in there? Yes! <laughs> Sir, are you trying to have a bowel movement? Yes! Yes! You hit the nail right on the head. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. Yes, you can go now. Sir, I'll help you. Uh, there's no locks on hospital bathroom doors. I mean, what if you're an old man, they're taking a shit and you have a heart attack. You gotta be able to open the door to save you. So there's no locks. I'm like, oh my God, this, this woman's gonna come in and like find me with, you know, the nightie locked into my chin, the IV buddy, you know, scraping perilously towards a, a fall over and me with my dick, with the IV needle you know, cord kind of flopping around by my, by my legs, sweating, I'm sweating, you know. I didn't want her to see that. No, I'm fine, you can go now. 
All right, so in the future, you can use a bedpan. Yeah, bedpan. I've got a bedpan right here, you know. Forget it. So she leaves, and I get back to work, you know. And now it's like, I said, fuck, I just get it over with. And I'm like, ugh, ugh, and I'm not even enjoying it anymore. It's just this, this thing I want to accomplish. You know? It's like, I, this may sound kind of cruel and unusual, and, and this is just my experience. I never kind of talked it over with you all before, but, you, okay, guys. When you're having a serious night of sex, okay, with a guy or girl, a dog, or whatever you're into. The first time, no problem. Easy. Second time, you know, takes a little getting used to it because it, you know, yeah, you come again. Okay, now you're ready for round three. And you ever notice, I mean, does this happen to you that your dick gets like really numb? And like you're just fucking away and you're with the girl and the, or the guy or the dog, and the, you know, you're with your partner, hopefully of choice, and the whole thing is happening, but you're, you feel like you have this, just this piece, the stick. There's no feeling whatsoever. You can like pull it out and just go like, whack, and nothing will happen. And you're just, and just kind of humping away, you know, and, and there's like no feeling whatsoever. So you, in your mind, you are concentrating on this fantasy so intense quadruple x-rated anything just to get it over with just so you can perform the act and go to sleep <laughs> and, and you're thinking about anything anything but the person or the animal that you're with you're just like oh uh uh Gord Liddy ah. <laughs> and if you could harness up that level of concentration you could like light every light in this city without electricity people can just like just brain it out like, oh ah, the third time around all the lights would be going on light bulbs would be exploding. I mean, it's a heavy thing. Like, I don't know whether you girls ever... That's why when the guys are trying to do the third time, you, you, and when you're kind of looking over their shoulder and going, oh my god, look, that, that plaster is cracking. You, know? <laughs> you see the guy with these like, horrible looks on their faces like they're being like skinned off. <laughs> just because they're just doing this heavy thing. It's really hard. But anyway, so now I'm, I'm just like... Ah! And I'm, I'm making the needle hurt, but I don't care anymore. Like, and the, the force of, of the ejaculation knocked me back into the door. Oh god! And I kind of came to, and the IV buddy kind of against the door, kind of pushes back up, and I still am locked in with the chin, knowing the night he's going to go in the toilet. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. I surveyed the damage. You know, when you don't come for like a, a long time, it all kind of saves up, you know? Man, this shit went everywhere. This like, went wild. All over the place. And it's like on the flusher, on, on the seat, on my leg, and all, you know, of course, all over my hand. I'm like, oh man, whatever. And like, I'm, this hand is kind of bogus, you know? And I, I'm trying to get the toilet paper with this hand full of cum. And I'm kind of, and I'm getting the toilet paper, don't, not wanting to get the nighty in the toilet. And this hand is just like four or five little stumpy, swollen fingers coming out of a boxing glove. It's no use for anything at all. So I'm trying to, trying to swab up the cum from everywhere. Not that I'm grossed out by cum. I, I see my own all the time, but, you know, as it flies into the sink or the, the drain or whatever. But anyway, just the thought of, like, the maid coming in the next day or something and finding cum. And like her, you know, like, oh my god, he jerked off. Oh, no, no, we never do that. You know, it'd be great. She comes out with like, you know, dun, 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 with like the rag, with a little wad of cum. Sir, did you jerk off in the toilet? No, no, I, I, come on, I would never do anything like that. No, 
Uh, but it was interesting. Some evil man came in here yesterday, went into my bathroom with his IV buddy, and I heard some, some horrible noises, and he came out, and I, I saw some of that in there, that jizzing stuff. Yeah, yeah, he, some sinner went in there and, and uh, masturbated, man. But not me, you know, so I, I don't want to get caught, you know, so I'm cleaning up the whole place. And eventually I kind of get it clean, and, and I, I turn over my hand with the IV buddy is attached, and there's this, this big, rapidly cooling, especially viscous wad of my cum, right where the needle is sticking into my hand. And I go, and it made me like, start philosophizing this shit. Like, huh, okay, if I have a, uh, will, will I infect myself on my own cum? And if I do infect myself, will I get a disease that I don't already have? I mean, have I really fucked up here or what? And I'm like, trying to clean it off, and all I'm doing is basically working the cum into the bandage. So now it's kind of like drying and shiny with that kind of glossy snot-like sheen. I'm like, oh, God. And I go, okay, now like, the room is just smelling of cum and spit and my sweat and, and just like, you know, butt juices. But the, the, the whole, I was running the whole gamut of bodily secretions at that point. And so I stagger over and lean into the shower to look at it. And I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get the IV buddy near it, get the smock of the nightie off, and not to get it up the tube, because the sleeve is attached, and get it perched up there and somehow get into the shower without getting the boxing glove or this hand wet. And I go like, oh my god, how am I going to do this? And I kind of have this funky arrangement. I kind of reach in and hook the faucet with one of my fingers and pull it out, and this ice cold water comes out. I go like, fuck it. And I just kind of got in and wiggled my ass in the water and kind of jumped out and shut the water off and went staggering back into the into the the bedroom and, you know, still sweating, still stinking, you know, come on me, just you know, come all wrapped up in the hairs on my fingers. Yeah, you know, pathetic. So anyway, days go by, finally they release me, okay? Uh, I get out and then I, I got two days to do a ton of shit and I go off to Europe. And uh, that's where I just came from. I just spent six weeks over there just doing, a, you know, talking all over the place. And uh, I was, uh, and I was trying to learn a lesson from that because now the ha 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 has now turned into like, fuck. <laughs> Knowing that my buddy, my Australian pal, went to Jiffy Tooth for a dollar forty nine, he got a set off the wall, plugged him in with crazy glue. He's probably sitting on the beach getting tanned with two nude sixteen year olds. I mean, and he's like laughing. He's probably read somewhere about asshole who slams hand into drunk asshole winds up getting treated like an asshole for a week. But anyway, I'm in Sweden. Weeks later, hand does not work. The finger doesn't go up anymore. Hurts like shit. You know, big old honking scab. It's still all fucked up. Spent like 50 bucks just on like one little thing of uh, uh, antibiotics. I mean, I'm just getting shot to pieces. Anyway, I'm just sitting there this whole time riding on trains, riding on buses, going, God damn it. So what do you learn from that? What did you get from that? Nothing. God, what the sh shit end of the stick did I get? And like, you know, how you feel like a victim and everything. Oh, you find a way to rationalize everything. Well, I should have done that. I mean, you was an asshole. You spat beer on me and uh, now I have a hand that kind of doesn't work. And, you know, and, and so I was sitting in Sweden and all of a sudden the lesson hit me, okay? And it, I got the, I, I read this book several years ago and I wholeheartedly suggest this book to everyone in this room. It's a book written by a guy named Jack Henry Abbott. And the book is called In the Belly of the Beast. And it's a prisoner in some uh, large institution who's, he wrote a series of letters to Norman Mailer, big famous American author. 
And Norman Mail is reading the letters and is getting blown away by this guy's writing and of the subject matter, which is really heavy prison shit. So he gets all these letters together and puts them out as a book for Jack Henry Abbott, gets the guy an official pardon. The guy gets out of jail. Six weeks later, he stabs someone in New York. He gets thrown back in prison for the rest of his life. But anyway, the book is really easy to find. You can probably find it down at Barbara's Books or anywhere around here. And it's a, it's a serious fucking book. It's easy to read. It's not like, you know, philosophical or anything. But it's really heavy duty because you're talking about a guy who like talks about not seeing any natural light, no sun, no moon, no stars, like six years at a time. Shit like that, being in a room in, in darkness for like two months. Stuff like really heavy psycho shit. And so he said in one of his passages, when you waste the wind, you're nothing but a wind. You know, when, when, you, when you kick the asshole's ass, you're nothing but an asshole. I mean, think about it. Who sits in a hospital on his back, losing weight, losing money, losing time, losing flesh from his hand? Who, what, who's that happened to? An asshole. Okay, who has to go into a bathroom and jerk off with his right hand when he's left-handed because his left hand is in a boxing glove? An asshole. When you take out an asshole, you're nothing but an asshole. And that's what I learned from it. Okay, and that was a you know powerful ass lesson for me. I don't know, you know, maybe it, you're, you can just you know look at me and laugh. That's fine, but it taught me a thing or two. And the whole rest of the tour, you know, every once in a while someone gets in your face and you're like, God damn, man, I would really like to remove that motherfucker's jaw and send it home to his fucking mom. And then, then you just remember, hey, you waste an asshole, you're nothing but an asshole. And you can go, hey, man, you got a lot more problems than I do and you can walk away and it's cool. And that's, that's what I learned and that's the adventures of an asshole.